What's up, everybody? My name is John Campione. This is the Rock Tape Podcast. I'm back. I'm back at it. Um, I've been gone for a while, a number of different months. I believe the last post was uh, in May at some time, but this summer was particularly hard on really everybody, but uh, I'm no different. I uh, took some time off from the podcast to take a break and really had to focus on work and family, um, as many of you I know absolutely had to as well. My summer was particularly hectic with trying to convert a lot of my coursework for the classes I teach to online and then maintaining that. It was a particular stressful summer in particular, uh, which is redundant because I said particular a couple times, but um, I know everybody's had a hard time just trying to give you an idea of why this podcast has been gone for so long. And I hope you did miss me. If you did not miss me, maybe I can try to win you back. But we're going to get back into it and try to post as many of these interviews as I can as I keep going through this year with my friends and my family and hopefully giving you guys something that you can be entertained by and gain some knowledge from as well too. I hope all of you guys are doing well right now as it uh, goes into the latter half of the year, the last two months of the year and I hope everybody's staying safe. I hope everybody's you know, listening to the experts and understanding what we need to do to keep ourselves and each other safe. So hope everybody's doing well out there and let's get back in to it. I have a great interview with Carl Sterling. He's back on the podcast, one of our original guests from way back when. And Carl has a brand new book out that has actually come out, I believe it was in about July when the book was released. But he's got a new book out this year called Parkinson's Regeneration Training. And this book is fantastic. I read it throughout one weekend and I was just blown away by the amazing information that's in this book. Carl is a neuro rehab specialist. He's an NASM master trainer out of Syracuse, New York. He's been working with Parkinson's patients for a number of years and he's really gained a specialty in working with Parkinson's patients and being able to help them move better and move more. And I really encourage you to check out his book. You can find it on Amazon if you just search Carl Sterling, Carl with a K, Parkinson's Regeneration Training. He's got a number of different uh, um, benefits within the book itself, not only the book, but he's also got an associated website with more information on there. These are things that you'll hear about as you listen to the interview with Carl. I love talking to Carl. He has become such a great friend and uh, someone I can always bounce a lot of amazing ideas off of because he's so brilliant and he's been working at this for 35 years and he's got so much expertise in what he's doing with Parkinson's patients and neuropatients in general. So please enjoy this interview with Carl Sterling and thanks for coming back. All right. I'm sitting here and I have the honor of speaking with Carl Sterling for the second time on the Rock Tape podcast. Carl, welcome back. Hey, thanks. How you doing, Dr. John? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? You have got a lot uh, going on right now. So how are you holding up with all the busyness that you've got? <laughs> oh, boy. It's been interesting. It took almost three years to write this book. And I don't know if I told you, but you know who, who originally suggested I write a book? I think Steve you said Kevlebianco. it in the book itself, and I'm forgetting now. Who Who was it? Steve Kepo. <laughs> We were sitting at Project Move at that little table in the kitchen, you yeah. know, the, the table with the high top. 
and he's going through telling me all this cool stuff like he always does says you know dude you really ought to write a book and i i, I hope i didn't i don't think i offended him because we talked a million times since then but i, I kind of laughed like yeah yeah right uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> but you know i started i started a few months later uh because i thought i'd try you know yeah so, so how i've been doing actually I feel relieved. I feel relieved that it's out, first of all, because it was a long, long, long process to put this out there because of a lot of delays, some health issues I had, but more than anything, just delays in letting it go. Yeah. And now yeah. that it's out and the feedback has been very good, I feel very happy about that because I really just wanted to put out uh, uh, the most comprehensive statement that I could about you know how we could possibly slow disease progression and manage disease symptoms and make it an easy read. I, I, it's me talking. If you know me and you know how I talk, then hopefully it comes across like this is Carl. Yeah, so, well, yeah, the it's, book that, it's out, it's out and I'm, I'm happy, I'm relieved. <laughs> the book that Carl is talking about is this book right here for those of you watching on video, that's Parkinson's Regeneration Training. And I have gotten, I got this on Friday and I, you know, fell into it. I don't know if you can see my marker there, I do, yeah, but it's yeah. Tuesday now and I've just been devouring it and, and, and really, really loving it. Um, this is a, such a well-written book and it's written in such an easy way for the reader. It, it, you said it before, it, it's, it's you talking. And it almost is like I'm talking to you, having a conversation with you. I can move through the pages really nicely and then slow down when there's specific instruction. And you've got so much information in here. You've got uh, contributors uh, like, like Capo, like you mentioned. You've got yeah. Russ Parker in there, Emily Spiegel. You've got so many other amazing contributors in there as well, too. So it's really a collaborative effort. So you told us kind of the origin story of it, but how did you go from Steve saying, hey, you should write a book to, oh, I'm writing a book? You know, this is the third time I've written this book, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> because the first time the outline had six sections. All right. So I kept learning more, learning more, interviewing people, practicing things, trying things, researching. And then I kind of rewrote it, you know, and then the, the second version was about half the size of this one. But I, I knew I couldn't put that out. I just knew. That was like a year ago now, because it was a year ago in about one week, early August. I took what I had and I kept a lot of it, but I started all over. Because then I knew, you know, I can put something together. And I felt really compelled. I had to do it. Um, that's not really answering your question. What it sort of is, because it, it started as an outline. It wasn't really that great. Uh, and then it improved to a more comprehensive subject matter. And then I got to the point where, okay, now I've got something. Now I can address everyone, anyone who's interested at all, from the professional of any type to, you know, medical world, caregivers, health aides, people with Parkinson's, people with other people who are just interested. And, uh, it, it, it was a process, man. 
took took three years. So the process itself, sorry, you were breaking up a, a little bit there. The process itself always oh, kind of, you hear me? I, mean, I feel like I ask kind of silly oh, questions sorry. when it comes to somebody who wrote a book. Um, Cause it's always like, how do you do that? And it's such an open-ended question. I don't even know where you begin. You have all these contributors. You have so many friends in here. Um, do you write your part first and then look for contributors or did you have that in mind when you even first wrote down the first word saying, you know, I'm going to write this stuff, but there's so many other people that I'm going to have kind of help me out with this and put little details into the book. Um, I'll answer that in part. So the first part was, I think it might've been with Steve. I sort of said after I digested, okay, you're serious. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what, will you write a contribution if if I decide to do this? He's like, well, of course. So there was the idea of maybe having contributors. And part of the reason is this. Um, I'm just a guy. I'm just one guy. And I can write about any of the stuff that contributors wrote, but I won't be able to write nearly as well about those specific areas. And I really want it to be comprehensive. I want it to come from the expert. So the, the first goal is let's get the best information to the reader as possible. And quite honestly, there is a little bit of uh, another factor here, which is just hopefully adding credibility to the book too. You know, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm a guy, but I have experts who fortunately they, they uh, look at what I do and they think it's good and they've, had me, you know, we've worked together with all, just about everybody that I've worked with in some capacity, whether it's a study, a research, teaching, teaching together, it's symposiums and conferences. So, uh, and then the idea came of, okay, so now we have some people who, who, who are willing to contribute. So every single one of them finished their part way before I finished mine. Like <laughs> the last submission I got from a professional was about a year and a half ago. Okay. <laughs> so they were complete and I wrote around it. I already knew a bunch of stuff I wanted to write, but then I had the idea, well, wait a minute. People might relate to inspiring stories from people that I know who have inspired myself and many, many others who are living with Parkinson's. So in the first three sections out of four, in between just about every chapter is a story. I think there are a dozen stories or something. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Thirteen stories from people with Parkinson's who um, they're varied, yet they all have a mindset and uh, of of moving forward, doing the best they can, and fighting back. Mm -hmm. So. I didn't come up with the actual complete format until maybe April this year where I realized, you know, I was going to have three parts to the book. And I'm like, wait, no, this is four parts. It's part one about Parkinson's. What is it? Who gets it? Symptoms, non-motor symptoms, early, early symptoms and stuff, how they're, how people are, might be affected. Part two, Conce concepts, exercise concepts, retraining the brain, waking up the nervous system, sensory input, rock tape, part of what Steve wrote is in there, and, and Dr. Steve Agox too, the two of them contributed. So uh, 
hey, maybe I can invite you to contribute to my next book because I'm writing number two now. But anyways, seriously. So I got no, uh, no I got I'm no scared. name power, but I would absolutely so, love to do it for you. <laughs> do you have you have the you have the knowledge? It doesn't matter about the name, it matters about the knowledge and the expertise that I don't have. No, seriously. So so part two is these concepts. How can we stimulate the brain? Whoa, we got a lot of ways. Vibration, Naboso insoles from Dr. Emily's uh, Naboso company, rock tape. Uh, specifically rock tape because they've been so supportive of what I do and plus they're the best damn tape out there. I've used other tape before I knew about rock tape years ago and it never sticks. You know, and there may be some good brands. I don't know. It's not to diminish anyone. Rock tape rules. So part two is sensory input concepts, exercise concepts, you know, retraining the brain, foundational patterns like, you know, that sometimes uh, I'll hear from people their first challenge of the day is they can't roll over in bed when they wake up. Can you imagine that? Yeah. So the foundational stuff, I talked with Perry a couple of days ago, Dr. Perry Nicholson, I modified his primal movement patterns to help people with Parkinson's be able to navigate out of bed, or if they fall, to be able to roll over, get on all fours, get back to safety, uh, you know, so that's part two. Part three are assessments. And there are a lot more assessments I could have put in there. And everybody who in the professional world probably has their own assessments they love, and that's fine. So I put in assessments that I really find very beneficial. And then the last one is the exercises, part four. And that honestly, that didn't even come together till April this year. And now it's July. So that's it. <laughs> and you know like i said it's just it's such an easy read and i love how you've sectioned it off just like you said you know what is parkinson's what are the benefits from a conceptual basis and then having that conceptual basis really helps you understand the assessments a little bit better and then obviously getting into exercise intervention but you mentioned it and i have to bring it up again is the, uh, as you call it in your book, the words from the PD fighters, your Parkinson's d uh, disease fighters. And I love that you use that term. I, I, it's not my place. I don't suffer from any diseases or anything like that, but it's that word. It's that word suffer. And I feel like we're conditioned in this country, especially, but all over the world really to be referred to as a sufferer of a disease. And when I see you use the word fighter, it just makes me smile because it shows that you can live with these diseases and you can still have a good, comfortable life. Yes, you have this disease, but it doesn't mean you have to suffer. And I don't know if you feel mm -hmm. the same way about that, but I just love, I love the fact that you use the word fighter. Well, it's interesting. Um, most people like that word. I just automatically gravitate to that word. Um, now, the very first story in the book from a PD fighter is from my first ever um, person I worked with who lives with Parkinson's, Jerry Evensky. Mm -hmm. And Jerry, I still see him. I'll see, I saw him yesterday. I'll see him again in a couple of days. He's doing great. Um, he really puts in the work and he, he realizes the benefits. But also, um, he starts right off by, you know, I, something like Carl calls me a PD fighter. I prefer to call myself a quality of life seeker. So he doesn't mind the word fighter, but it doesn't resonate with him the same as it does with a lot of people. But then you have other people who are, yeah, I'm a fighter. 
the bottom line is there's a mindset. Uh, look at Russ's story. My gosh, an Omotola story. These people, Russ says he didn't really phase him that much when he was diagnosed. And he just took it. It's like, you know what? Okay, this is reality. I got to deal with it. And he says, I'm no less happy now than I was the day before I got diagnosed. But this is, this is a mindset. This is a taking control not feeling like they're a victim when they have every right to feel like a victim. Absolutely. Yet they don't look at it that way. And so what, what happens with me is like, I'll have, I'll have days when I'm feeling, well, not that often, but you know, every once in a while, it's poor me and I was stressed and blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like working out because I really don't ever feel like it. But you know what? I have no excuse. I have a nice house. I have an, a beautiful family. I have a good life. I know people who I'm so lucky to know. And shame on me if I can do something that somebody else can't who wishes they could, but I choose not to because I'm just being self-indulgent that day. Sorry for myself, which doesn't happen often. But once in a while it does. I got people who are restricted to, they're using wheelchairs. And the sad part is, and I'm the consummate optimist, they'll probably never walk again. They would give anything to walk. I can walk. What's my freaking problem? Shut up, Carl. Get out there, do something. So it's it's all those people when they look, you know, they're facing adversity. They're facing some big obstacles and big battles and challenges. You know, imagine being not being able to text. Imagine not being able to, or you're worried that uh, I, I won't spill the can, but you got a glass. And you're going to spill stuff all over you. I don't have that problem. I'm a lucky son of a gun. So these, for me, yeah, they're powerful. We've got to get good feedback on them too. I mean, they're powerful stories. And I'm glad that they're in the book. I'm honored. And I, I think that will help to deliver a message of hope and possibility. And that's the whole goal of the book. Put out a comprehensive plan. And there's always more to add. Trust me, it's like, I wish I could put more in it. That's why there's a supporting website to go with it so we could add more to that. Put together a plan, show that people are using it, and they're, they have their bad days, but they're doing way better than they would have. And they're inspiring me. Well, extremely ins ex inspiring. I, I will, I fully have to admit, I uh, particularly loved reading Maria's uh, story and one thing that really got me is when she started talking about her daughter and uh, I'll read it for everyone is I looked down at my, this was just after she got her diagnosis. I looked down at my feet and at my shoes that were next to my daughter. Emotionally, I collapsed and tears came out. Oh. I said to my daughter, we will always walk together. I'm getting oh, choked up yeah. just reading about it. So oh. this is just amazing, amazing stuff. And one thing that you do in this book is you really present just an overall training method that could be applied to just about everybody, but you see how much it can benefit somebody who has Parkinson's disease specifically, and it gives them that hope that they can still do what they want to do. And I talk about this all the time in classes and seminars is, you know, one of the most important things I ask my patients is what can't you do? And I can't imagine how powerful of a question that is for someone with Parkinson's who is fighting it and trying to find a better quality of life because there's probably a lot that they want to keep doing and they have trouble doing. So you've really put together an amazing program to really get someone going and get them improving their quality of life and just live the way that they want to live. 
Well, thank you. Um, you know, that's what it's all about. And the, the whole story is in the, uh, how this, uh, about Parkinson's, right, regenerative, I forget what it's called, but it's like right after Perry's forward, Perry Nicholson was so, is so generous. He's always been in my corner. He's called me up when I was sick. He would call regularly, dude, man, how you doing? Like, Christ, man, you don't have time to call me. No, I do. I said, well, thank you. And I mean, that's just, the guy has a huge heart. And, but he wrote the forward. So after the forward is a, uh, basically it starts with me as a young kid. Yeah. I debated whether to even put this on or in or not. But you know, I decided what the hell, just do it because I always wanted to help people. And so finally, when I grew up, like when I was like early fifties, <laughs> figured out what I want to do when I grow up. And instead <laughs> of being a drummer, you know, drums were okay. I was I was good at it. It's the only reason I did it. So I was good at it. It was sort of okay for a few years. But this is, I, I look at the programs out there too. So it's kind of these two things I'm seeing at the same time. They parallel each other. I want to help people. What's already out there that's helping people? What programs? And so when I looked, like, man, you know, and this is in this section too, in this early part of the book, there's some, there's some, a lot out there for Parkinson's. None of them are doing bad things. All of them are doing good things. They're getting people moving. Now, some are more, con con and I'll never say anything bad about any of them. You know why? Because they're all doing good things. That's why. But what could we do that would be more comprehensive, that would involve even knowing about the vestibular system, the visual system, the limbic system. And how about the new neural firing patterns we can create in the brain by practicing dual tasking, multitasking, you know, stacking two, three things together. It's like you move, you recite something. I, I, I'm giving you a cognitive task and we're playing catch or something like that. We, I, I, I didn't really see a lot of that stuff out there as far as, neuroplasticity and taking advantage of it and creating neural pathways so that the sessions we do the benefits they realize transfer out the door because that's the key you can do push-ups and leg presses and whatever and that's nothing wrong with it and you can box and do stuff and that's great because you're doing cardio and that's so good for slowing disease progression because of bdnf you know that's in chapter five i think but but what's going to transfer out the door with them and have the most benefit you know, I, I can't say for sure that I have the most comprehensive thing. If there's something more comprehensive, I want to, I'm going to buy the program. I need to know about it. But right now I, I just have put in everything I possibly could that I know to make this the best that I know how to make it, you know, and, and, and probably the most powerful aspect is when you take somebody who comes to you feeling defeated and hopeless, let's just do one example. Uh, I talk about this in the book too. There's a, there's a, a lady, my, my friend Angelus in Monterey, Mexico. I stay at her family, her house with her husband and daughter. When I go there, they have a room for me. It's, it's like Mexico I love. I feel like home, you know, it's my favorite place to go. Mm -hmm. but anyways, the first day I met her, she was 42 years old at the time. She had been diagnosed for like 15, 16 years. So she was super early onset. And uh, 
when I did the after my ninety minute keynote speak, I went out a speech. I went out and changed my clothes. I get my workout clothes. There were like fifty something people on the floor, and I didn't even know what I was going to do. And I just decided, well, let's do the floor as our friend workout. You know, floor is me amigo, right? So. Because once you fall down, you want to learn how to use the floor to your advantage and leverage your body to get somewhere safe. So I look over after a few minutes and she's crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope she's okay. I go, you know, esta bien, esta bien, si, si, gracias, senor. Like, whoa. And I ask her husband, esta bien, oh, si, si. Okay, well, I found out that that was the first time she rolled over by herself without assistance in five years. That's power, man. So yeah. she went from being this in the audience during the, you know, this guy can't teach me anything. I've heard it all. They're all the same. He's probably going to try to sell me something, which I didn't have anything to sell. <laughs> and then I saw, though, I saw her start to relax as we're going along, just a couple hundred people there. And then, she, But she went from defeated and hopeless to not just unstoppable and hopeful, but or not, not just the optimistic and unstoppable, uh, hopeful, but completely unstoppable. I just got off a call with her and another small group in Mexico that I do on Tuesdays, oh, cool. like five minutes before we connected. And, and these people are kicking butt, man, and they are fighters. Mm -hmm. That is power. It gives them power. Empowerment is so important. I love that story too. And you said, you said exactly that right after you told the story of her on the ground is she had been in the, in the audience and just very stone faced, just had that look like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get anything from this. Yeah, you yeah I know. To do it, it's fantastic. Did We've you have a particularly times. difficult time with that introduction, where you kind of went into your history and kind of getting into how you got into uh, doing what you do now? Uh, I, I know a lot of people; they have a really hard time kind of talking about and writing about themselves too. Was that a particular challenge for you? Well, at the time I actually wrote the final version of that, I was okay. That expanded from the original because I didn't want to admit a lot of things. Mm. You know, I mean, I didn't admit in the book that I was drinking too much, but I was. <laughs> okay. I don't, I can't drink at all anymore. Just for the record, I, I can't, you know, I don't know what would happen if I did. Uh, but that's been an issue in the past um i don't binge eat like i used to and i never did like a, a binge and purge i just eat and i was almost you know 270 pounds 70 pounds heavier so admitting to my uh lack of confidence that i could ever do anything other than be a drummer admitting that i had i don't know if i said this i don't think i said that i had no self-confidence whatsoever until I started to lose that weight hmm. after my health scare with the doctor. And then he said, dude, man, you, you're headed down the wrong path and you're, you're in big trouble. If you can stay on this road, that was scary enough to get my act together. So the, at first it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to admit that stuff. Uh, you know, now I, I can actually feel very comfortable saying, yeah, you know, I can't have a drink. I can't, and I, I have to be careful what I eat, you know, I'll go crazy on stuff and eat too much, but I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it because mm -hmm. I feel too good. I want to feel this good every day. And the only way to do it is to really take care of myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's hard to admit that you had no self-confidence for the first 50 years of your life. I didn't. Um, I faked it, you know. It's different now. I have a lot of that. I have a lot of self-confidence, but it's not arrogance. I just, you know, I always, like I said somewhere, I always want to be the least knowledgeable per person in the room, least knowledgeable, because uh, that puts me in a great position. You know, I get to learn a lot. <laughs> Well, that on that note, actually, uh, I posted this up on Instagram yesterday. Uh, it, just one of my favorite quotes. I had to just snap a quick picture of it in uh, from the book oh, as yeah. I was reading it. Let me see if I can find it there. Um, oh yeah, you really can. You. you can wait to hear about new things that will help you. Uh, you or you can seek it out. My guess is you're a seeker. Why? You're reading this book. Enough said. And I love that. Just because like we talk about it all the time in rock tape and car and paro, we are always still learning. Do you, how do you approach that with, you've been doing this for so many years, you are, are seen as, as, as one of the experts when it comes to training patients with Parkinson's, you've written a book now. Um, I think it could be easy to become complacent and then start to realize where else do I go from there? How do you kind of keep fueling yourself to keep going and keep looking for new innovative ways to help people? Uh, you know, I, I have a book I could show you. If you give me 15 seconds, I'll go get it. Seriously. Sure. If you want me to. No, go um, for it. I'll it's cut really, this really good. I can keep, and everything like that. I can, I can keep talking though, if you want, or I can you stop. Could, yeah, just go ahead and um, keep talking. So this book, I got it right now in my hand. This is just one example. I know that there are parts of the book that things I would like to put in the book. Now, I just just received, see, it's, it's not as complete as I want it to be. I wanted to have a, a nutrition chapter in the book. Mm. There isn't one. In the very end, I refer people to an amazing lady named Dr. Laura Mishley in Seattle go there uh, i think it's called movementismedicine.com go there check her out because she gets into all the gut health stuff managing parkinson's partially through what you put in your body mm -hmm. controlling inflammation um eat, how to eat foods that will not interfere with levodopa cinemet uh, dopamine replacement medications um, because some foods will interfere depending upon the timing and what food you have. So I'm not an expert there, even though I studied nutrition in college a few years ago, not relative to Parkinson's. So, but I now have a chapter on nutrition, which is going to get posted on the support website from uh, a, a doctor. It's not her, but it's another one who is pretty much the same thing. But I'll still refer to Dr. Refer to Dr. Lordy because she's so amazing. Um, so I'm sorry, because sometimes I have long-winded answers, but there's always like a, a reason and a story. So sure. if I was to say that the simple way, what fuels me to keep going is to make a more comprehensive package. Now, I can only do so much alone. Like the things that I wrote in the book, I can do those myself, but I can't do the nutrition stuff myself. Mm -hmm. So a, a, a team can help me. Um, somebody like... Laura Mitchley or uh, Cynthia Lopez, that they can help me. And there are other experts who can help as well. 
Um, thing I'm really digging into right now, because I, I know how, as a former musician, I know this is like the best book I've ever, ever, ever had on. I'm not sure if it's showing up as a mirror image or not, but it's no, it's not, Neurologic it's actually... Music. The Handbook of Neurologic, neurologic music, music Therapy. therapy. This book is that I'm a music guy and I'm a brain guy and so much to learn just in one chapter in this book, not the first chapter, but in one of the chapters, I've learned more about benefits of music to changing the brain, building new neural firing patterns in the brain, benefits of, uh, music whether it's internally created meaning you're either creating it yourself by singing clapping playing an instrument dancing tapping whatever or external you put on the radio or your ipad or your ipod or whatever and you're listening or you're listening to a live performance somewhere but you're not creating it yourself each of these activates parts of the brain different parts of the brain so both are good so if you can create your own music, and if you can listen to music, and especially if you can move to music, and that's the key, whether it's dance, walking to the beat, uh, there's, there's, it's like so exciting. I, I just put together a slideshow, a webinar tomorrow night. It's uh, about, it's all about this. You know, there, there's there's a lot of detail that falls down in the subcategories, but this is still the same answer. Nutrition, music, we're adding that to the content of the book, but it's going on the support website. So at some point, I'll add it in the manuscript, send it to Amazon, and they can start printing the new version. When I get that, I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but these things fuel me because these things drive me because I know there's more and more and more that we can do. So I put out what I put out, and there's more to be added. There's more to be added. And I, I, I'm probably more motivated now than I ever have been to keep learning and really getting into the scientific detail of things and then trying to write it in a, a way that's easy to read and understand. What was the process of writing? And by that, I, I mean, literally, like, are you sitting down at a computer, typing it out, like, as you would want it to appear in the book? Do you write it like bullet points? Are you a pen and paper guy? I, you know, I'm always I'm just curious about coming, some of the more nuanced things about writing a book. It, it started for months as an outline in a word doc well actually uh geez i don't have the index i first i made up i took like a hundred something index cards mm. and i actually there's, there's a picture of uh, on, on instagram somewhere going back a long time and then uh, i wrote out the cards i put them all first they were all on a table but then they wouldn't fit there so they were all on a floor and i had them like the it's kind of like a menu on a website. You have the, the top subject with the sub matters down here. You know, you've got the drop down basically of index cards. And then I would be playing with them and moving around because I'm very visual. I need to see this stuff. And a Word doc wasn't really working for me until I put it out on index card on the floor. And I left them there. Then I would have like a, an idea. Like, oh God, I got to add this. So 
I write down three, four more index cards. Where are these going to fit? Uh, now it's not good there. Two days later, now it's not good there. So finally, I got to a point where I was pretty happy with things last August. And I took the cards on the floor. I left them there. I took a picture of them, like a video of them. I started retyping the outline. So <laughs> it's a weird way to do it. But for me, it worked because I could change the cards a lot easier and change position on the floor than I could change, copy, paste, erase, replace on a Word doc and get all confused. <laughs> uh, and then I just I just started writing like paragraphs. I just started, I would write like, sometimes it'd take me an hour or two to write a paragraph. Sometimes I could write three or four pages in a half an hour. Just, it really depended upon a lot of things. And there were a lot of times I was so tired, I just fell asleep. <laughs> just on the cards, they're stuck to your face. <laughs> I, there's a picture my wife took of me on with the table. I, I did it in different places. I could sit in a chair and do it. I could sit at my desk. A lot of times I was in a, my recliner without the recliner up and or on the, the back family room area on a couch. I find that if I'm comfortable in a seated position, I do pretty well. Um, but I had to switch around a lot because it made me think different when I moved. And that, there's actually science behind that too. So like when I'm with clients or patients, I, I am moving around. I want to make sure we're not spending the whole time in like one part of a room. We can go to another part. You know, you learn different in different sit settings. Yeah. You write for an hour in one room, go to another room, go outside. I still got, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, I, there's a picture of me. I fell asleep, my head on the table. She caught it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that was back probably about three weeks before I finished. I'm like, I am never going to finish this thing. That's got to be a daunting thought. Is you've gone so far, and then the the like the getting over the hill, so to speak, and just getting it to the point of sending it out. Did you self publish? Yeah, just through Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of know what, you, what you're talking about. Um, Amazon has that process in there. That's probably more intricate than what we want to get into, but you've got the hard copy book. And uh, one thing I, I found out after the fact is it's on Kindle Unlimited, you know, for the, which is uh, Amazon subscription service. So it, there is a Kindle oh. format is my point yeah. with that. So yes. anybody who likes to read electronically, it's available also in print. Let me tell you how weird I am, Carl. I do judge a book by its cover. And in that, what I mean, <laughs> the feel, I don't think I'm the only one, like, but the feel of the book and like the lightness of the page and the contrast of the letters and the font, I, I actually pay attention to that. And I don't know what, just handling the book and the way that I can sit and read it and the way it fits in my hands, I really like it. So that has a lot to do with uh, my reading experience. I love the, the the picture that you have of the brain. The I'm going to call it a pixelated uh, brain uh, on the front. Yeah, I just it it just looks like a it looks like a really good looking book. And then when you get into it, it proves that it's a great book because of all the knowledge that's in there too. So that's my weird little thing about literature. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know. Um, to give credit where credit's due, um, David Burley, who I've never met. Do you know David? He's down. He's in Australia. Mm. He he came up with a concept of using something like this, but it wasn't in 
dots and color. I mean, it wasn't dots, but it wasn't in colors. It was uh, multicolors, it's more like a bunch of shades of blue. Okay. And so I, I said, dude, you know, I appreciate you thinking of this. Can I use this? And so, like, yeah, please. So I have a, a graphics person. Uh, I actually put out a CD this year too. Um, being a drum, all proceeds, by the way, from the book go to nonprofit. Can talk if you don't mind. I'd like to share a little bit about what we're doing with that because it's Please, quite powerful. Please, yes, I was but, just about to get into that. So the the CD came out. That's at uh, thepdstore.org. You can get the book there too, but you're better off just going to. Oh wait a minute, wait. Sorry, not the. It's just pdstore.org. pdstore.org. You can buy the CD. You can also find it on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon. Uh, it's everywhere. Every music platform, iTunes. You can buy it. It's like seven bucks or eight bucks. But this was just a musical statement because uh, guitar player on this is a really well-known guitar player and. And he's based in LA. He has Parkinson's. We decided to do a project together. He's played with all these great bands through the years, you know, Buzz, Sweat, and Tears. And I mean, it's just all the way up through. There's so many great bands. And uh, music chosen by people with Parkinson's with a positive message for people with Parkinson's. Proceeds go to my nonprofit. Book proceeds go to nonprofit. Yeah, so very important. Why I, all the proceeds are going to a nonprofit, and you've got some additional resources with it. If you go to thepdbook.org, uh, you have basic electronic synopses of the chapters, and you've got a lot of other resources, a lot of your interviews that you've done in your podcast and your YouTube page. They're all up there. So there's additional resources oh. when you buy the book. Yeah, yeah, that's the support site for the book, too. So uh, I'm adding a nutrition chapter probably today. That would be like Appendix D. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing, too, is a, the graphic artist took these, this image. Um, a musician friend of mine hooked me up with this uh, wonderful graphic artist. So she did both of these. And, of course, you can see that it's the same image on the CD as the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we really wanted to have the the image represent a brain, but also kind of like the dots, maybe as Perry says, he sees it as a community of individuals coming together, which I think is really cool uh, mm-hmm. that he noticed that. So yeah, I spent a lot of time with graphic design trying to come up with the right thing. She came up with it really quick and I'm happy with it. I'm very happy. I'm glad you like it too. because. It's, yeah. I like the minimalist aspect of it too, but there's so much complexity in it at the same time with the colors and the different sizes and the way that I, it, at first glance, it obviously is a brain, but then you kind of look at it. And, then, and of course, Perry coming up with such an amazing concept when oh, you look God. at it and the idea of community, like that makes a lot of sense when you look at it. I'd tell you, man, and he wrote a beautiful forward. Like, it was lovely, yeah. When I opened the email this is like a year and a half ago he was done with his part a year and a half before i finished mine that's how bad i was i cried i'm like because i do that any do it at the you know it, it commercials about animals who are homeless i mean i do i'll, I'll tear up because i just do i'm really sensitive to a lot of things so i mean he wrote this i'm like oh my god i'm like holy you gotta be kidding me but he's he's 
such a great friend, a great guy. Um, so just kind of recapping and then talk about the nonprofit. The, the, the bottom line is you know, I've always wanted to help people. Now this, uh, the methodology I call it that I, that I use, it keeps growing and growing, but it's a combination of so many things I've learned and try to put it in one place to make a statement, deliver something that anybody can use and that you don't have to have Parkinson's, you know, mm. and that's the beauty of it is, you know, we all have peripheral nervous system and the central nervous system and various nerves that we all have a brain. And if we can get, as you, you know, this better than I do, if we can Im increase sensory input, the brain is going to send out a signal that's going to help you to stabilize better, move better, improve your balance, improve, probably your posture, your gait, your rotations, your everything. So, and then when you feel better, when you feel empowered because you're moving better, you, a lot of times, depression being the number one non-motor symptom of Parkinson's. So we'll see people go from being really down and depressed like Angeles in Mexico to being like, oh man, this is unbelievable. Yeah. And then they have hope. And it doesn't stop with them. It, it carries over to the caregivers, the family members, the friends, the coworkers. So there's a ripple effect on this. Um, but so the, the book, you know, I, I, I've been told not to say this, but I'm going to say it. it. You know, if I was to look at this book, I'd say, oh, $35. So it's a little bit pricey. You know, it is. It also costs over $20 to put into somebody's hand. And I'm not gonna sell it for $22 because then we don't make any money. And it's not about the money. If it was, I would take the money for myself. So we make $13 per paperback and $8 per Kindle to go to a 501c3 nonprofit that my family, start, I started it, but my son who's a, I'm bragging, MD, PhD, and my wife who's a nurse, we oversee things. I'm primarily the person running it, but they're also, officers in the corporation, if you will, Parkinson's Global Project, Inc. So money goes there. And then this is what we're doing with it. And this won't take me long at all, but I want to share the power of what, for a lot of people, is very little money. Okay, so let's take the $13 profit from one paperback. But do you know that in Mexico, uh, we, we have kind of like this escrow, it's kind of, you have to make sure you set things up right so money doesn't get used the wrong way. So you don't have total control ever, but you can try to do things to make sure it's used the right way. So I think we've done a good job there in Poland and here in this country and South America and Mexico, there's a lady in Mexico, we sent her $180 to be used specifically for medications and it's it covers her for one year it's fifteen dollars a month now why is that a big deal i'll tell you why it's a big deal because one book sale almost covers one month of medications for this lady so this this medication is the dopamine replacement. It's a generic brand of like Cinemet or Levodopa and it works, right? She went from not being able to walk to
to being able to walk about two days after starting up because she had the economic situation there has never been real good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't know if you've seen that in your travels to Mexico and your observations or what you know about it, you know, because of the rock tape stuff. But I'm, I'm telling you, I've been all over the country and there's a lot of people here who need help too. Um, not to diminish anyone here in this country or other countries who need it, but sure. extreme deprivation and poverty, and economic hardship. And then COVID hits and like, you know, this lady's husband lost his job and they hardly earned any money anyways, because nobody earns a lot there. Even neurologists don't earn like an American US dollar six figure usually. You know, maybe it's 80,000 a year, but to them that's a fortune. So it's all relative. So $15 for us, well, for some, it might be a stretch. For me, you know, I'm not going to throw it away. That's for sure. But I can afford to give it away every now and then. So this, this is what happens. We don't just educate through the, the material in the book. We sell two Kindle versions. We got, we got this lady covered for a month. We got 16 bucks. She only needs 15. We have another gentleman in uh, Mexico City who um, just a little over $200 same exact deal he just needed one extra med it covers him for a year so we educate and we're trying to help people because now i literally i I, sorry to go on but it's so powerful though that every single day every day this lady sends me a thank you note she doesn't need to do that. I know her personally. I've met her like five times, you know. I mean, I appreciate this though, but it's not about me, it's about we. Mm-hmm. That's that should be how it is everywhere, in my opinion. It ain't about you, it ain't about me, it's not about him or her, it's about we. And together we can create such a huge difference. So, you know, I'm not a sales guy, but I mean you buy the book, you get an education, you help somebody maybe walk for a month. It's that powerful. Mm-hmm. And this lady thanks me every day. She does not need to do that, but she doesn't. That's how big of a deal it is for her. You know? So, I mean, <clears throat> I'm here to change. I'm here to make a big difference. And it's one person at a time, one book at a time, one CD at a time. So this is my mission. Well, you have an admirable mission and honestly you're doing an amazing job at that mission and helping so many people with that nonprofit. One more time for everybody. Cause I know you gotta get out of here pretty soon. Where can everybody purchase the book and uh, tell them a little bit about the uh, online uh, uh, component as well too. Okay, sure. So um, I'll just spiel through this real quick. Cause I've, um, Parkinson's Regeneration Training is the name of the book. You can go on Amazon. Um, by the way, publishing there is super easy. Oh, yeah. You just start an author account. It's free. It tells you how to do it. So you create a PDF, submit it. It has to re- meet the dimensions and all that stuff. Submit the cover in a PDF. It has to be exactly right. And then they print. They don't charge you a penny. I mean, they charge you per book. You you get royalties. Like you get a certain percentage of royalties. So it's like, I get 60% of $35, but it costs $7 to print and I have to pay that. So it's really like $22. That's where the 
$13 profit comes in, right? So it costs $22 to put someone in, in, in their hand, including shipping from them. So, okay. um, but you buy the book, you get the book, the website that supports the book is a place where I can keep adding new material because I need to be able to do this so that I can share and other people can learn. Uh, soon we'll have a portal on there for people who've um, um, taken my course so that we can refer like specialists, physios, trainers, and all that so they can like network and like, oh, I know I need to find somebody in Portland. Oh, we got somebody. He's the best. Uh, it comes with that site, which is always growing. It's pretty big now, but it's going to get a lot bigger every day, I'm adding. Uh, that's forever free access to the support website. So it's available paperback, Kindle, and soon the audiobook is done being recorded. The guy who recorded it is, uh, if you're a car buff like I am, I love muscle cars, he hosts the Meekum Auto Show on uh, whatever network that is. I watch that all the time because they have the most beautiful cars. Scott Hoke, and it's a long book audio-wise, but you can speed it up because he talks kind of slow on purpose in case anyone has trouble comprehending. Right. Um, so you just speed it up, you know, but it's going to be like a 12 hour book or something. And uh, that'll come in a couple of weeks. And that's, oh, available at thepdbook.com. So you can just type my name, Carl with a K Sterling into Amazon. You'll find that in the CD or Parkinson's regeneration training. You'll find it, or just the, the shortcut is to the Amazon listing is thepdbook.com. Com. Not to be confused with the support site, which is .org. .org so yeah. .com, the PD book, the PD book .com, you can buy it there. Um, book number two is on the way, but we could talk about that another time because I actually did want to ask you if you might want to contribute something. I, I would absolutely love to. We could talk I about already, it another time. I got to tell you, I started very good. I'm on the Amazon page yeah. and just because I know you and our, our mutual love for coffee, if you scroll down, if you go to buy the book, it has the customers who bought this item also bought. There's another Parkinson's book and a bag of coffee. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and me and coffee, man. My brother, John and our coffee. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, Carl, thank you so much for number one, being on the podcast again. It was great to talk to you again, but also thank you so much for writing this book and putting this information out there. I think this is going to help a ton of people. If you're a trainer, a clinician, and you're starting to work with Parkinson's patients, uh, this is the place that I would highly recommend you go first and then go to that companion website. And there is a wealth of knowledge that is here for anybody to help the people that they're working with. If you are someone who is a PD fighter yourself, this is a great resource for you to jump into and also hear other people's stories. So Carl, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate this. Thank you, John.